uh, retreat time and uh, retreat time is a uh, um, time when we uh, extend meditation practice from the half hour, hour at home into something more full the atmosphere, the environment the things that are absent yeah, things we put away to one side the things we uh, do and even the routines that we turn up for and put effort into uh, sometimes we don't exactly feel quite like it or we feel a bit tired when we turn up uh, this is all great stuff this is this is exactly right yeah. just turn up and uh, you use use retreat for what it is. Uh, some of it's pleasant, hopefully. Some of it's unpleasant, probably. Some of it's a bit mingled, mixed. You know, that's right. Uh, and uh, apply because this is just a, a slice of life. It contains the various uh, textures of life in a condensed form. Yeah, the agreeable, the disagreeable, the neutral, the spacious, the nothing much, the too much, uh, and, and somewhere, you know, testing and learning the different efforts, different kinds of efforts, the effort to restrain, the effort to exert, to extend, the effort to stay steady, the effort to relinquish, the effort to enjoy, to deepen, to appreciate. Yeah. And so these kind of efforts uh, that we should bear in mind, mm-hmm. the effort to withdraw, the effort to you know, pull away from, mm-hmm. put aside, the effort to extend, to exert, to push forward, um, the effort to maintain steadiness through tur- turbulent conditions, the effort to enjoy, to open, to drink in, to, to appreciate, to not take things lightly, to not slip over or casually skip past meaningful experiences where one feels settled, to make much of that, to amplify it, to extend it, to dwell in it, to ponder it. And this time, naturally, whenever one sits, comes out of context, then all the uh, residues of one's life are liable to come. Not the immediate situations, the immediate things we've stepped out from, uh, the immediate bodily concerns about health or welfare, and perhaps the more extended topics of our livelihood, our relatives, friends, and even further extended, as we sit, we receive echoes of our upbringing, social conditioning, past, and uh, precedence of our mortality. So you get long distance echoes of birth, death, being coming into this, and the resonance of we will, we will, this will end. So you get a, perhaps one of the advantages of the retreat, you get a, you get a wider aperture 
both the very local pressing concerns, the broader concerns, and then perhaps long distance issues which are, which we perhaps barely touch in with because we normally got our noses pressed onto the desk or up against the page. We don't see the book has an end and a beginning to it. Uh, and so, you know, it's all of this. Uh, then within that, remember the, the search for meaning, for truth, for uh, freedom, for liberation, within all this, through this matrix, this web of conditions. Where is that? So the effort to penetrate, and so I've touched into briefly and once again mentioned this process of of uh, sieving, filtering, whereby we begin to uh, get to the point of the multitude of topics and concerns, past and future, that can beset the mind into simple categorizations, this is the experience of uncertainty, of wavering, or of uh, hurt, or of distaste, or of joy, or of warmth, you know, just crystallizing these things, down to the essential heart meanings, you know, this process. And one could spend time just really dealing with the bric-a-brac of one's life. It's all there. It's a mysterious script, your story. And somehow in handling this this story correctly, you come down to universal meanings. The seemingly small, mundane, or banal, or personal, idiosyncratic stuff that's happening, past or present, if you crunch it down, you'll come down. You'll come to essential meanings. You know, search for company, for uh, companionship, for fellowship, for warmth. You know, the absence of it, and the the uh, difficulty of it, the absence of that. You know, the pressure to achieve and become something. The search for well-being, yeah. and uh, following trails, and finding they don't they don't work, or they're not getting there. So we begin to recognise the kind of uh, delusions that we are inducted into. <coughs> And then using this very body, this seemingly you know, obvious materiality, you can see just the materiality, so what? Uh, but then you know, it's through not knowing this that one has not found uh, a way out. Because we've Search through the ideas and uh, so on, 
and the beliefs and the messages of others. Some are interesting, but we haven't quite got it. That's a great... Where does that happen? I, I like the idea, but I can't. Where does that happen? And the missing piece, I would suggest, is in this very body. Eat closer than you'd think. We look for it out there. It's much much closer than that, right here. And so I do encourage and recommend this uh, simple word here. <laughs> uh, when there, everything else is there, yeah, that we search for, <coughs> so many different theirs to follow that take us to this place where well-being or freedom, or you want to call it, we search for a lot of theirs taking us away. And the bit is, it's actually in the here. Well, what's here is just this kind of confused, no, no, it's it's underneath that. It's within, that's not quite here, because you can see that. You can witness that as an object. It's, It's closer than that. So yes, it takes an effort. Uh, and that, uh, because at first one's sense of hereness is very much commingled with physical pains and uh, twinges and uh, so on. So you know, it's it's a little closer than that. <laughs> we, you know, we, the capacity to to extricate from this web of sense contact. Uh, from the weave of thought, so it's closer than your thought. You, you know, it's the awareness behind the thought. You know you can think, you know thinking, you know feeling, you're aware of it. It's closer than those thoughts and feelings. It's more here than that. It's a here, there's no manifestation. If it's a manifestation, it's there. And so this riddling uh, path, but it, even if the riddle is in some ways mysterious, it does give you a good sense of, you know, of that which is uh, can be seen or witnessed or sensed or cognized. One has to maintain uh, a vigilance, an attentiveness to that. And that which can be vigilant, attentive, somewhere that is the, is where the path is. It's called heedler, heedfulness is the path to the death. So heedfulness is this sense of ongoing vigilance. And I don't want to make it sound too tense, but it's a certain, you know, stepping back and keeping things in perspective Hmm. and recognizing as we do so there's a tremendous leaning or running forward into into phenomena into sights and sounds and particularly into mental constructions duty obligation purpose um, future um, and so on running, moving forward into that. So impulsive that at times it's difficult to even get a perspective on it.
But in this sense of the, the heedful, we can rest in that. And we can locate that in an embodied way. It gives it more stability. So it's the inner balance in the body, in the embodied sense. Place of ground, place of where the mind doesn't have to do anything. It's so the awareness, the that is not a doing experience. And so similarly when we contemplate or we enter into the bodily channel is the air of embodiment which just is what it is and it uh, doesn't need to be uh, negotiated or earned or deserved or has no adjectives to it and there's a sense of the mind resting awareness resting energy is resting place of ceasing and this may be marginal, touched into, or partially sensed, since one was a little more rested, a little less driven, a little more ground, a little more, and it's associated with the quality of feeling more comfortable. So there is a pleasing quality to that. Um, uh, so we aim for our well-being. Naturally, because that's the most obvious thing we've been aiming for all our lives, and it may seem worldly or simple, but that's what you go for. <laughs> so this kind of well-being yeah, is a well-being that's arrived at through doing a little less of that running out. That's so certainly the well-being is the sugar. Or the honey on the on the on this quality, and it draws us because we're strangely contented, yeah. not because of anything, but because of what isn't there. And that's the good sign. You realise this is because of the absence of running out, contriving, confabulating, planning, scheming, organising excusing, blaming, apologising, forgiving, forgetting, uh, and all that kind of stuff. It's the ending of that. All that mental activity suddenly seems kind of irrelevant, really. And of another another world. And there can be even a sense of nipida, like kind of weariness of that, all that. so much once energy is absorbed in all that juggling <clears throat> so kind of well, well-being that's arrived at through simplifying and lessening and returning and this is then a, a very helpful sign of the uh, 
of uh, uh, leadings in the right or conducive to uh, realization. Certainly, you know, realization may be accompanied with a struggle and with having to meet difficult, unpleasant feeling. But generally, the idea of realization is you rather enjoy it. <laughs> I don't think anybody regretted it. I don't think any of the Arahants were sad that they got enlightened. <laughs> they thought they'd lost out, you know, because they're no longer going to parties and they couldn't, weren't allowed to do these fun things. I think they generally found it was even better. So yes, it is well-being of a particular kind. The pressure off, the weight off the mind, the weight off the nervous system. <clears throat> and if one's uh, uh, vigilant, attentive, then you also the effort to uh, to to enter, penetrate to that. Meditation through just directly focusing and opening, and that yes, that takes time, it takes skill to do so because so often our attention is mesmerized by uh, you know uh, familiar patterns, familiarities, and familiarities habits, some of them okay, some of them distinctly painful, and uh, you know, but, uh, and so it is so mysterious that one should continually reiterate uh, patterns that are painful, defensiveness, uh, awkwardness, uh, distrust of oneself, uh, ill will towards oneself, and that's something they get locked. So we begin to recognize there's a power here that's, that's actually even more powerful than the search for well-being. And it's something about only the mind flows into familiarities, habits, because it knows it. It knows how to do it. And it gets, and then it justifies it. Yeah, I'm defensive because there's all this hostility around me. Oh yeah, have you checked it out? And then, you know, it's, it can be very confusing because you know when one's in defensive mode, the nature of the mind is such that you can see something that can justify it. Right, the roof might fall in, which is true. And, you know, this person three rows behind me does look a bit irritable. It's because of me. <laughs> Not because she's got pain in her head or something. So, you know, we can generally, the perception aggregates such that we can assemble things around that justify our habits. And the habit to keep doing things. And finding things to do. 
another habit that we run into. Things that, things that seem a planning habit. So, you know, things that certainly, in my own experience, you know, you know, the idea of being going forth is, you know, sort of homeless life and dedication to truth and simplicity. Yeah, you can sit there doing building projects in your head. <laughs> Stud wall there, plastering. On the other hand, you could put a window in there, a flue, somebody rings the bell, I haven't finished, I haven't finished the plan yet. (laughs) 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 I just got round to the central heating system and he rang the bell. (laughs) 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 Meditation, there you go. Uh, And so... Yeah, you know, the mind is going down its old tracks and seeking tracks to run down. <laughs> seeking things to be doing, thinking things to get occupied with, seeing something to crave, something to have an opinion about, <laughs> something to remember and feel annoyed by, something to, you know, so it's like you get these moments, you, you suddenly, your mind searching for something to get annoyed by, get busy around, you know, ruffles through the filing cabinet, oh, there's that little thing to get upset about, or something to get obsessive about. You know? And recognizing this, you know. The habits, obsession with knowledge, so so, you you find yourself trying to remember the date of something in history, or the capital of Uruguay, or length of the River Nile, or how many different kinds of pistachio nut there are in the world. Just figure this out, just get this figured out, and that'll be it. Just get this figured out, because that last little piece of information put in the old file, then get that one down, that'll be it. How many was that one there? Stop it. (laughs) You've got a mind that does that, absorbs into useless information. And so on. It's it's extraordinary. The 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 is just the uh, realm of mind is truly measureless. And with a, over time, you begin to realise this thing will stream on forever. I cannot see an end to this. <laughs> if it runs out, I cannot conceive of an end to this it runs out. It will continue to find something to do, something to consider, something to think about, something to regret, something to get upset by, something to crave, and it will weave the most elaborate concoctions. Uh, It's like a 
kind of spider on amphetamines forever. <laughs> Truly, this thing. <laughs> and so you just say, I just, there's no way out of this unless you just, you know, cut it off, really. Stop, stop, stop. You know, write the word stop on it. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the whole... So certainly for myself, I found enormous, because my mind used to do this a lot, it's a thinking mind. And when you're, say, certainly when you're a monk, there's not much else, you, what are you going to do, you know? Sit around all day and you think it's the last thing you can do. So many things you can't do. So you just weave in your little mental tower we webs <laughs> intricate webs where they can't get me <laughs> and, uh, and then some of you are like wait a minute this is this is this is deadly stuff I can throttle myself in this I could miss the whole chance of this life and so then you know Where's the end of this? You know, in all directions, you cannot see an end to this mind. In this body, there is an end. So we can't see an end by running out into the mind. We remember the present. We remember the present. Remember the here. And using the body as a helpful um, anchor, a helpful pull into just what's happening under the tissues, under the bones through the meat, in the energies of the body, you know, in the very energies of the body. You can sense when the mind runs out, those energies run out and then you lose them altogether because it's gone into the mental world. We try to draw it back, we experience the churning, the agitation in the body, the tension in the body, you know, which is really because of all this activation this is all the karma all the activations, the sankharas so when you come back into into your body, first of all it's just wow, this is really quite messed up it can be you know, and then, but then keep going within that learn to handle the body soften the body go to the whole body the entirety of it as much as as wide as you can get it the entirety of it and it starts to rearrange itself get a sense of the energies begin to become less contracted less habituated less those tangled pathways and there's, there's that blessing in the whole body as you spread it out is where the tangles 
start to come undone. Now all those mental tangles, all those mental skeins and webs have a bodily co-reference, co-relative. And this can be the body that feels like it's got armour on it. It can be the closed body. It can be the body that feels it's all twisted and tangled inside. These are the energies. So these energies are the patterns, or the bodily patterns, of what we would take to be mental, psychological, psychological, and there's an embodied quality to them. Why to point to this, though it's not comfortable, is because this stuff does not, by itself, create more. Because it doesn't think, it doesn't proliferate. Where mentality will continually proliferate, that is, once you lay down a thought, it, can, it just immediately, like fire, it creates the next one. It runs on, it runs on, it runs on, it runs on, it runs on. Now, with the body, it, it, you know, it can certainly move around. But it doesn't create more, it doesn't proliferate. Can't do that. So, yeah, this is where the stopping can begin. We at least hold, you know, the patterning of the mind in the embodied way. You don't have to get it word perfect, you get the general sense and using the whole body and beginning to open this is the back this is the seat this is the viscera the belly, the outbreath, the throat, the temples, the eyes the fingertips, the palms, the hands, the soles of the feet widen it try to include the entirety of it like it's a sheet that's all crumpled up and you're smoothing it out. Um, so it, and this is the body as it's sensed, it's not the thing you see. So it's not a matter of saying, can I feel my eyebrows or my earlobes? It's just as you sense your body, is there, is, it, is there anything there that feels tight or withdrawn or numb or flaring? Anything there that does not experience, doesn't feel like it's settled. And you might be able to say, yeah, about all of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 wait a minute, look again. (laughs) Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Place you hadn't looked, place you hadn't sensed. There is a core. And it's probably, could be right at the end of your out-breath, it's generally a grounded, quiet, place where you haven't looked because it doesn't jump, it doesn't it's not dramatic it doesn't grab your attention and we might say when you use the word here, present 
safe as it is does any of that sense you may not locate in a physical place but does it echo somewhere in your embodiment as and then see if you can Uh, is it in your eyes, your head how do you sense that and it may be a moment when you breathe out maybe just there it could be a moment when you breathe in keep a moment when something relaxes and softens because as soon as you touch that chord that note this is the beauty of this practice it will work for you if you strike the right note and do it repeatedly you'll feel a resonance somewhere you'll feel something that that's the cry that's the sound of truth not truth, it's not a series of words that's the sound of satya of truth, of reality, of presence that's the resonance of that where it's just uh there's no clamour there's no furtherance there's no activation so you Apply that kind of you can or you can do apply that that present that topic that here safe where are you where's that and you just for a moment at least feel the resonance of that because mm-hmm. that will be sensed all dumbest or felt. So this is certainly not just thinking, but uh, it's, it's resonating. All dumbers are felt. Whereas the felt sense of the place of rest, of okay, of just being here, in all that. and guard it, protect it, value it it doesn't make anything, it doesn't solve problems by itself but it's like, you could say, through a slightly negative sense, like a hole in a sweater and if you just keep gradually the rest of the stuff will unravel around that it's like a running an unraveling quality and so or like warmth like a uh, a warm spot in an ice field and gradually the ice starts to melt around it you can't tell which bit's going to go first you don't know which bit's going to unravel first but you just know there's the unraveling place when you place that in your tangle and it starts to unravel 
certain pieces, certain layers of this very intricate weave. And you must guard that, protect it. Make the effort to do so. This is not, this um, place is not, uh, when we find this, we found a rare treasure. Something that one can spend a lifetime and miss. You could miss this. Many people do. Or many people notice it and oh well, that was nice. And then back to the back to the weave. So one should protect, and the effort to to respect and appreciate that, to value it. Mm. It disorients the habits. So it tends to challenge about habits. It doesn't go along with them. So it can have a disorienting. We become less effective, less who we are, and less in our programs. And at first, that's kind of strange. You know, I'm not the jump, go ahead, do it person I used to be. So personally it can be difficult, but if you value truth and you determine truth, <coughs> this is something you have to take and recognize. You didn't create this one. This wasn't in the package. This wasn't conditioned into you. This wasn't a program. This wasn't something you were obliged to pick up and do. There was no pressure for this one. This is rather special. It's not of that nature. And yeah, so it's a. And then we begin to 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 recognise with that. Also, it's so easy to uh, when you this position sensing this, you recognise how many. Um, The sense of that, the, the ease, the simple well-being there. And you notice also the programs that sabotage it. It's, uh, again, somewhat insidious, but then when you recognise just how many of your habits are, are deeply harming and limiting and constricting, I hope not all of them, but some, yeah, self-criticism, fear, anxiety, driven states, compulsiveness, addictions of various kinds, uh, stuck with grudges and grievances that really don't you no good whatsoever, don't solve the past and yet you can't stop them. Yeah? There's a lot of sabotage going on.
<clears throat> that's the nature of ignorance ignorance and craving you don't go and see them ignorance is something that by definition you, you, you don't see because that's why it's called ignorance you don't see ignorance because it, it is the quality that makes you not see things so but then this safe place what I call it the hole in the conditionality in the web you look on that with some sense of horror of just you know wow there's some programs that I'm running uh, you know pretty destructive so you start to terminate you know really make the effort to to terminate and to go against Of course, the um, sum total of the, of the uh, what binds these programs to, to into a certain uh, uh, composite, the nature of the weave, is they form the I am. That's what. That's how they, they support each other. The, the 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 compulsive programs they knit together and they form a shape, like a suit of clothes. Yeah that sort of hangs together you know, and it forms the I am yeah, here's my you know, compulsive bits and my fun bits and my and none of it makes me feel happy but I, so they sort of stick together and I've got a life of some kind <laughs> and this is how I am and then of course you know other people will see you that way. Oh, there's so and so, so and so. That's who she is. That's how he is. And uh, actually, unfortunately, will often collude uh, in that. And that's the nature of karma. The more karma we don't create, karma karma creates us. So it's this uh, on-flowing patterning process creates a, a historical psychological entity who continues through time with history and future and self-preoccupation continues through time that's who I am and it's so familiar and everybody else is doing that and it creates me and the nature of karma is that through this I will then live in a way that will fit that I will be the I will live in a way that, that lives that out and lo and behold I will then attract towards me people who will support me in being that kind of a person <laughs> or somehow you know so that's, that's the nature of karma it, it, it extends and, and so on and then you know then you get the obligation to continue being that way because you don't want to let people down by being happy and free (laughs) (laughs) after all you know it's your duty to be you know compulsive and wretched (laughs) and you know 
and a puppet <laughs> on a string running around. Yeah. So we can end up supporting each other in these in these uh, sangsaric uh, pantomimes. And truly, you know, the one uh, really uh, helpful thing to when you, you meet the, the Buddha or you meet the teaching or you meet Kalyanamitu helps you not be who you are. Stop being who you think you are. You don't have to be that. You don't have to prove something. You don't have to pay something. You're not obliged to be something. You have to come up with something. You have to be busy doing something so that, you know, I will do something for you. No, I do, uh, you know, I'm a true friend. I want you truth. That's all I'm interested in. The rest of it, seen it, not interested. So the more that we can, as soon as we start to incline towards truth, you're going to find you attract truth seekers. That's the nature of karma also. If you start to pull out of just compulsiveness, and not necessarily evil or, 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 or immoral, but compulsiveness, you stay in compulsiveness, you're going to associate with compulsive people. <laughs> if you pull out of it, you're going to start to associate with people who are pulling out. Yeah. And uh, the people who are interested in that quality of freedom and just so, and non-manipulation and non-compulsive. Uh, and that's the support. So things are to be treasured. And treasured is the teaching, treasured of the noble company. And treasured to help you to remember your freedom, your free spot, and continue dwelling in it. But this is all free. And something in us feels about nervy about freedom because there's no obligation, there's no demand, there's no payoff, there's no transaction, there's no, it's the unraveling of that. Once you begin to get a little more assured in that, you start to check all the compulsions that there are, and there are certain ones about obligation, 
I've got to, I ought to, they need me to, I, want, I must, I ought to, I've got to, I should. That voice. That's a compulsion. Who's, who's, what debt are you paying off? Who created it? Could it be the action? Could be just the voluntary creative offerings rather than got to do. So it doesn't mean there's no action. It could be action is just the voluntary fullness of playing, rolling out one's one's dice, if you see what I mean. Just okay, this is my offering. Mean anything? Just the very gesture of offering. So could obligation become just the free flow of creativity? Could one's helpfulness be really compassionate rather than uh, uh, obliged? So it's just checking Sankara. It's the energies, the activations. It's not even that one shouldn't be active or do anything or think anything or even plan something if you like. It's the compulsive that you want to watch out for. This is where, because in the compulsion is the sabotage. Because the compulsion, the underlying message of it is without this, you are not adequate. Without this, you are not welcome. Without this, you are not, you shouldn't be here. That's that's the myth of ignorance and the lack of love the lack of welcome and the lack of blessing in that who who created the debt that made you so obliged to find your well-being and your presence to having to do something to earn it. And you never earn it because it cannot be earned. It doesn't happen that way. Certainly there is effort, certainly there is work to do, but it's work going the other way to undoing the compulsions and the fearfulness and the withdrawal and the inadequacies and the feeling of not being good enough and all that. It's the work of unravelling those. The work accompanied by (coughs) free flow of Welcome to be here. Be here. Please be here. Please be here. That's it. And whatever you want to do from being here, that's okay. But, you know, 
So, you know, just, and it means taking your time with that. So this checking of the Sankara is, I call it the significant pause. You build in pauses, they could be half a second. Literally, if you're good at it, you get to feel, there's the tub. Check that one out. Could be ten seconds. So it's not, it's not no and it's not yes. It's just heedfulness is the path to the deathless, and heedfulness is just this recognition of the value of that pause. Nothing is compulsive. Nothing is absolute. Nothing is finally necessary. Apart, so put the pause in there to make it relative. There's the perception. There's the perception of the true, the necessary, the important, the good, the beautiful, the that which. There's the perception. Don't let the sankara just run out. You put a pause between perception and activation and become adroit at that. So, you know, this is really, you know, if you say that anything daily life practice, well, yeah, I think there's many things that are daily life practice. But daily life practice isn't a lot more than just, you know, sit at the end of the day for half an hour, sit or even twice a day half an hour, which is good. But it's got to be more than that. But it doesn't mean, it means maintain vigilance all day long. <laughs> over what? Not over the, you know, over your breathing or the sensations in your feet. You know, that you can't do. But maintain vigilance over the compulsion. You know what it is. You felt it rush. And much of it seems innocuous, and so what? That is your enemy. That innocuous, so what? Everybody does this, later will be okay. That is ignorance. That is, don't pay attention. That's the counterfeit, that's the sleight of hand, that's the conjurer's trick. That you don't, oh, it's a. <laughs> doesn't really matter. There it is. Yeah. We don't see it. You know, if it was big and heavy and gross, you'd, you'd notice it. But it's this, <laughs> it's this subtle time sense where things are just sliding along. This to that, to this to that, that to that, and then crash. How did you get here? <laughs> so, uh, you know. It's it can be very fine, but it's just it's just a, okay. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. That's it. You know, much of it is just I don't know. Go ahead, but at least I'm watchful. Let's see how this goes. Seems okay. Go ahead. But uh, you're building that in. They're going to be, you're really going to be thankful for that 
when stuff starts to suddenly become volcanic or heat up or lock or freeze when you feel yourself getting to touching to overwhelm you want to get there before that happens once you're overwhelmed you've really got to you know jam your feet on the brakes somewhere when you get into closing down you know it's probably it's yeah, it would have been better to get there before that happened. Because <laughs> once you close down into your frozen state, you become very, very inept. Yeah? Once you get into your fiery, overwhelmed state, you get pretty inept and you do damage. And you're going to mop up the mess later. So you want to get there before that happens. And you don't necessarily see it, but you should. You can sense it. The beginning, the losing comfort, the losing ease, the losing balance, the losing of safety, the sense of it doesn't really matter if I don't feel too comfortable because after all, you know, don't want to be awkward, don't want to be a nuisance, don't want to be a burden, don't want to waste my time, got to hurry up now. All those kind of subtle messages, you yeah. mm-hmm. There's the times when you, who's saying that? You know, giving you those lines. Trying to get you out of the place where you feel centered. Now it is possible to stay centered and do things. So it's not that, you know, you stay centered and just ignore the rest of the world. No, no, you stay centered, you can do things, but you do it from that place where you're not pushing forward, you're not holding back, you're essentially not going into habit patterns, and you operate a lot better from there. It makes action better, it's not inaction. Your action becomes cleaner, more adroit, more balanced, and you don't really mind whether you results yeah. you had the joy of action and results it's up to who wants to judge that but do it yeah so watch out for those sabotage signals and say that your balance is something you should sacrifice or give up. Be careful, because once you get a little bit of ease, you think, oh, right, now I feel quite comfortable, now I better go off and fix the, how am I integrate this into the rest of the world? How should I teach children in school? What should I do about my old uncle, so-and-so, who's going mad, you know? Uh, and then suddenly, you know, massive job description comes up. You've had two months of peace of mind, and you want to go and blow it <laughs> and sort everybody else out. Because <laughs> once you create or find that place, then, uh, then Mara starts to throw stuff into it. They say, oh, look, she's getting out. Don't like to look at that. Quick, t- throw some tidbits in. You know, it's almost like you feel there's, there's definitely something, ignorance is out there looking for you. 
and trying little lines, you know. We've had two moments of peace and quiet, that's enough. <laughs> Get back to work. <laughs> that's your mystical experience for this lifetime. <laughs> yeah, don't be a burden on society, don't be a parasite. <laughs> two minutes of peace and quiet. <laughs> So you can't see you all the rest of your life. Just concerned with yourself, looking at your navel all the rest of your life. <laughs> I've never even seen my navel. <laughs> and it doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> you know, you hear that line. And you get, certainly as a monk you get that. Oh, it's alright for you monks sitting in a tranquil monastery, not concerned about the world. Well, you go and live in one, you'll find out what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Uh, but, yeah, and we so on. So you, you maintain that. You recognize even the Buddha said, I'll teach those who prepare to, who are capable of it. I'm not going to go out saving the world. I'll maintain that and the world will come to me. Those who can heal will come to me. Trust it. I walk around and I'm available. I'm staying in my, my place. I'm centered. I'm staying there. And you know, what's within my reach I can handle and you know, we'll see what happens with that so yeah, there is an act, there is an action that, that Buddha manifested in fact you could say as a very busy person <laughs> you know, you look in the tripitic all those suttas it wasn't hanging round, you know it was busy <laughs> but I don't think it was frantic I felt he had to, you know, do a whole lot. It's just, there was the effortless quality of just, you know. And yet, as it said, the true sage, even when they speak, they're silent. Because the center doesn't say anything. And yet it allows speech, action to come forth without craving and ignorance. So protect that. Let it, you know, protect it from ignorance, from the blandishments and enticements to lose your center, to trivialize it, to think it doesn't really matter. So let's take a, a break now. And my um Dharma Kataya Sadhu Garanda Dharma say Sadhu 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 Anamar.